Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. A formidable beast, the grizzly. As strong as an ox, fast as a horse, quick as a cat. No animal but man can challenge him. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. Put in we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. Most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hope. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you after the dust has settled well past the first wave of free agency. Johnsy, what's going on? I'd say when you're signing guys to one-year deals, you've entered the third wave of free agency. Although there's some big names still out there relative to what they've done in the past, but yes, the big deals are done. Yes, uh, that first wave goes fast. You could even argue that it's over before free agency actually Yes. Free agency starts at the combine, everybody. <laughs> Breaking um, news. And now we are on to, yeah, the smaller deals, but still, you know, still got to fill out a roster. Uh, don't forget the Bears still have 10 draft picks and maybe they'll add more. And um, the amazing thing to me is that they still far and away lead the league in cap space. Like I saw the updated numbers yesterday. There's, I, It's like almost 20 million it, space between them and the next team. Yeah, yeah. The, the Falcons were number two for a while, but they spent a lot more than others. Did they not? I, I haven't checked in a while. The, the, the camp's always fluid. Yeah. Yes. So you have the Bears at one, Texans at two, Packers at three, Falcons at four, Panthers at five. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um. Anyway, wow, I'm just seeing this tweet pop up on my feed out of nowhere. Complete, you know, distraction that uh, Adetamoa Adabore, who uh, Kevin Fishbane shockingly had going to the Bears in the second round today, along with uh, Cam Mitchell later on. You see yeah, just, John Greenberg call him out on that? That'll be our mock draft 3.0, everybody. <laughs> no, I did not see John do that. But if I had to place a bet on who would be the first to call him out on it, I would have had John Greenberg at 1-1. One one Actually, odds. sorry. It was not John Greenberg, but a reader who called, who brought in John Greenberg um, with the comment, isn't this usually where an editor steps in? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm just seeing that uh, Mel Kuyper thinks Aditamawa would be uh, a, a top 15 pick now. His 14th that, best player. Now, that seems a little bit too much. It's where the eventually the traits have to match the tape, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's been insane, and there's certainly teams that'll 
you know, put it all on the measurables and the numbers. And I, look, I, I think he's a good player, but I just some of the intel. I, I can't remember if I shared this on this show or the other one, but some of the intel I got is that a few months ago, some teams were saying he was an undraftable player, like he was going to be an undrafted free agent, and they wanted him to go back for another year and concentrate on being a three technique and put together better tape. Now he's a top 15 player. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. Now I do think he has risen to, I'll be shocked if he doesn't go in the first two rounds. I think he's a second round pick, but that's crazy. Now draft analysts like Mel Kuyper don't do this unless they have new information or they've talked to teams around the league, but this does feel a bit, a bit too high. I didn't take him in our mock draft for 3.0 because I don't think he'd be there at 53. Personally, that's how I was thinking as yeah. I was going everything, going through everything. We're not going to spend a lot of detail going through that. Check it out on theathletic.com. It's our, our last one before the final one. We'll do four. There's another trade back in this one. Just for scenario's sake. Yes, I saw that. Uh, so that's up on theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, and uh, all of our merch up on obviousshirts.com as well. We're going to bring in Joe Person, who covers the Panthers for the Athletic. He's going to uh, jump in here, and uh, we haven't really talked to anyone yet from Carolina on this big trade that went down um, and their side of things. We've certainly heard the Bears side of things now. I mean... Credit to Ryan Poles. He's he's out there willing to talk about it. it be transparent about the whole process. What's your uh, big takeaway from, from what we've learned the last few days? My big takeaway is that the teams that we thought would be interested in quarterbacks clearly are. As much as they try to disguise their interest at the combine, I'm talking about you, Houston Texans, I'm talking about you. Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, well, the Panthers didn't try to hide it, but uh, as far as the other teams, there is interest in that in quarterbacks or making a move for quarterbacks. There's trade conversations. And uh, I think that Ryan Poles, I think he recognized how much power he had in the situation and never relented from that power. Get what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, he knew that there would be competition for that pick because of the desperate need for quarterbacks. There always is. And I think he left the combine with good feelings about those quarterbacks and a good feel for what the market was. And I think he played it pretty well. Yeah, I think the quarterbacks came together in a way where they were just good enough to make desperate teams desperate to get one, but not good enough where it was ever really on the table that the Bears were going to make a sudden switch away from Justin Fields. I never got the argument that there's, well, there's not a transcendent player. There's not a Trevor Lawrence. There's no runaway one. There's never like a really runaway one. There's like rarely a runaway one, right? Yeah. How well, I mean, often sometimes does that happen? It's, it might happen next year with Caleb, Caleb Williams. It might. It might. But like every four, five years, every three years at best, yeah. I mean, I know you had Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow there in, in close proximity, but like even go back to like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. There wasn't a consensus one there. James Winston, Marcus Mariota, I guess there was more consensus around Winston, but still questions about him. 
I actually had Mariota above Winston, and then they both were bad. I think the Bears did too at that time. Yeah, and then they both uh, didn't work out. But, you know, um, I I think it's important to... Certainly, I got headlines yesterday, this idea that Ryan Poles thought there was a scenario in which they could have gone to two and then back to nine later. And one of the things I want to ask Joe Person about here in a few minutes is uh, my conclusion from that is that the Texans and Panthers want different quarterbacks. But um, that's kind of a different side conversation for for those teams. I think what was clear, though, if you like really thought about what was being reported by Peter King and Albert Breer yesterday is that that would have that would have been risky. Like they, one, it didn't sound like the Texans were ready to do that deal right now. Okay, so you would have had to wait, and then even if you do make that deal soon, it's no guarantee that you end up moving back to nine, and then you don't end up with the you know the same haul. And most importantly, I think the one thing that's been very clear from what Ryan Poles has said publicly, both to us last week at House Hall and in some of the other interviews he's done is that DJ Moore was the clincher. Like DJ Moore was the, all right, if this guy's on the table, this is exactly what we need for Justin Fields right now. He's young, under control, relatively cheap in the wide receiver market. There's no other wide receivers out there like this right now. This has to be the move we make today just to make sure we get a lot. Could there be more down the road? You know, if he waits, maybe, but that's risky and you don't know that. And by the way, they could still move back and add more at this point, as you guys put in your mock draft. You can't deal in maybes. You can't. You can only deal with what's offered in front of you. And if one team doesn't want to continue conversations to a certain extent, talking about you, Houston Texans, then you have to move on. If you feel like you have a great offer from the Carolina Panthers to to consider better than waiting things out. Like there there is there's issue with waiting things out sometimes. Well, and he kind of laid that out. You know, he talked about you know, what if there's a bad pro day? What if what if one of these guys gets in trouble? I mean, things happen. One between, of them gets hurt. Yeah, someone gets hurt. I mean, def- things definitely happen, which is not necessarily the b- biggest reason why I thought that it made sense to Make the trade as early as the Bears did, but it's certainly part of that calculus, I think. See, that's my favorite thing about the like leaving the combine. Ryan Poles and his staff left the combine feeling good about the buzz that the quarterback class delivered. It was CJ Stroud delivering what Dane Brugler described as one of the best combine performances he's ever seen. It's Anthony Richardson. It's everything about the guy. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I think there's some development there, but I think we could all acknowledge that. But like when you see him run, you see all the physical tools, you're like, wow, this could work. Maybe we should draft them to the top 10. Like teams were thinking that. I think the Bears had a correct feel for the buzz coming out of the combine, and it was a call for action in a sense. They took advantage of that buzz that those quarterbacks created at the combine. I like that. And they got, you know, a number one wide receiver added to their depth chart before they had to jump into free agency. That's really the most impressive thing, and I'm I'm still 
kind of shocked by it because you don't see the Bears make these moves. We've talked about this at length, like adding that veteran experienced receiver who has produced in the past to help elevate Justin Fields and everybody around him. They made it come to fruition. Yeah. They really did. And this is after the there were reports that DJ Moore was off the table for everybody, that he was going to be part of the core going forward for the new Panthers staff. Somehow the Bears managed to change that. What helps to have the first pick. Let's not lie about that. But Well, I wonder if the Bears changed that or if C.J. Stroud changed that. And it was like, well, if we're going to get get our quarterback. We're going to have to get – and I think that was in – I forget if it was in Peter's piece or Albert's piece, but that polls basically gave the Panthers three names that would, you know, get the deal over the, the hump. And, you know, if I had to guess, Brian Burns was maybe one of those guys too, and the Panthers had to make a tough decision. Well, let's get uh, let's let's get into this more from the Panthers' side and, and try to piece this whole thing together because we haven't talked to anyone from Carolina yet. And we'll bring in Joe Person, who covers the Carolina Panthers. You should follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person. Uh, what's going on, Joe? Thanks for jumping on with us today. Morning, guys. How you doing? Morning, Joe. Um, so the Bears seem to like Carolina Panthers a lot. <laughs> they went from one to two to three of them on this roster. <laughs> so apparently they like what they saw last year. Um, but all jokes aside, um, what did you think of their signing of P.J. Walker? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. Somebody watched a lot of Panther film last year. Yeah, yeah. Someone spent a lot of time down there in Charlotte. Um, just your take on how things – maybe transpired from the Panthers' side with the, this blockbuster deal that landed the Bears, DJ Moore, and a bunch of picks. Yeah, I was listening to you guys talk while I was was backstage, and um, you're right. I think Poles, you know, was interested in one of a few of their young, talented, highly, draft, highly drafted guys, and that's Burns, Derek Brown, DJ Moore. And I think Moore made the most sense for the Bears for reasons I'm sure you guys have discussed for the last couple of weeks. And uh, it, it saved the Panthers another first round pick. Uh, they, they would have, I'm pretty certain, would have had to thrown a 25 first into the mix had they not included DJ Moore. So it wasn't a guy they were, you know, real keen on giving up. But I do think the feeling if you know among personnel types around the league is it's a little easier to 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 replace a receiver than it is a guy like Brian Burns or Derek Brown at those edge rusher and then you know interior type pass rusher in Derek Brown so uh, yeah it was crazy i re- i remember reaching out to to Adam and and Kevin that friday and we were all kind of easing into the weekend and <laughs> trying then, to then not so much. Yeah. Joel, get, give us an idea of what the bears are really getting here with DJ Moore. It caught my eye that uh, Ryan Poles called him uh, a blue chip player. I've always considered DJ Moore to be, you know, one of the better wide receivers in football, but I, I don't know that I put him, you know, on the, the top of the top, but obviously it seems like they also like his character, just sort of everything he brings to the table. So, I mean, how would you describe DJ Moore, how good he is, and, you know, how he should fit in with the Bears? 
Let me start with his character. I, I've told this story before and even written written about it kind of after the fact. But on one of the, I guess it would have been the 2018 Combine, uh, I ended up sitting next to him on a flight from Charlotte to Indy. And one of the first things he did without knowing who I was is there was some mix up in the seats and there was an older woman who was supposed to be or who, who had sat down in DJ's seat. And he just not that this is like curing cancer, but he offered up his seat. He said, no, you sit there. I'll I'll take this window seat, un, unbeknownst to him, next to an inquisitive sports writer from Charlotte. Um, but he was really humble. I, I didn't know. Looks like it froze. <laughs> In a funny spot. <laughs> Did I lose you? No, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah, the punchline, there was no real great punchline there uh, other than he always struck me as an understated guy, you know, maybe toward the very end of his stay in Charlotte, he got a little bit leaning toward the diva side, but he's a hardworking guy. He's tough. I mean, he doesn't miss games. Uh, he takes a lot of hits. I, you know, I, I had nothing but respect for DJ Moore. You know, he's, he's not like the fastest guy, but he's fast enough. And uh, like I say, I think in a bigger market, you know, if he continues to play at the level where he did here, I think he, you know, some more accolades will come for him. He was on some bad teams here, guys. Like he caught, he had the misfortune of catching the end of Cam Newton era when Cam was hurt. Um, and then you guys know the litany of quarterbacks they ran through. And the funny thing is, too, and I'm sure you all looked, saw this, same thing for DJ in college. He played for like three or four different quarterbacks at Maryland. So uh, anyway, that, that's that's my DJ Moore. I didn't even get to – I guess I've talked a little bit about how he is as a player. But uh, anyway. Yeah, I was going to ask you about all, all those changes at quarterback. Like how did he deal with that? We're talking about Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. You said the end of Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, Will Greer. Will Greer, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, okay. I think that's all of them, Adam. There might have been another. I, uh, I don't I think that was it beginning in 2018. You know, the first half of that year, they were good. They went to Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. This is the first year David Tepper owned the team. This isn't really a D.J. Moore story. But Tapper was back in Pittsburgh. Their Panthers are six and two, and um, they have uh, and, and Teddy Tepper Bridgewater. Was, sorry, that, yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there it is. Tapper, Tapper did a media scrum with us before the game. He was really feeling himself. As I said, they were six and two. He had been a Steelers minority partner. Well, like third quarter or late second quarter of that game. Uh, T.J. Watt hits Cam Newton very hard in his throwing shoulder, and it hadn't been the same for Cam Newton or the Panthers since that moment. You could almost say from that moment the Panthers were trying to get to this point where they traded with the Bears. And um, so D.J. Moore gets a new start. He won't get to work with this young quarterback, but he gets to work with Justin Fields. Yeah, that I mean, it. It's a. Uh, it seems like a good fit for for both sides, and can kind of see how the the deal came together. So, before we get to some of the other guys that the the Bears have added from Carolina, is uh, the assumption? Well, I don't think it's just an assumption. There's been some good reporting involved in it too. But it seems like the Panthers were enamored with C.J. Stroud, and that's the 
the most likely outcome here with them making this big move up to number one? That's what it feels like. I mean, I've had nobody in the organization has told me it is CJ Stroud. But I've had people say, you know, it feels like it's C.J. Stroud. People around the league think it's C.J. for whatever that's worth. Uh, here's the interesting thing, and I'm sure you guys have read some of this, but we we talked to Frank Reich yesterday. And Peter King did a, a, a nice study on Reich's quarterbacks last week. And in the 17 years since Frank Reich has been either a offense coordinator quarterback coach or head coach, he has never had a quarterback start for him that is shorter than six foot two. And all but six of those games, and there are a couple hundred of them, were started by guys six foot four or taller, which that feels like a trend. And myself and others brought that up to Frank Reich yesterday. And um, he said, well, I had Russell Wilson graded high for what that's worth. But, um, you know, everybody says that after the fact. (laughs) Interesting side note. I do remember in 2012, I kind of ticked off Ron Rivera writing this story, but they were they were thinking about drafting Russell Wilson as like a Cam Newton mini me. And they was going to have to be late, you know, even later than the third round. But at any rate, um, Frank Reich, Bryce Young, you, you guys know, I mean, he's a very special talent. Is he enough for, for Frank Reich to break that trend, buck that trend? Maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. It's an important week on this pro day schedule. I'm, I'm actually going to Columbus and then the next day going to Birmingham or uh, Tuscaloosa, rather, via Birmingham. So, it's going to be fun, man. It's like it was a weird thing when the Bears had the number one pick because it was sort of like hot potato. <laughs> but with the Panthers, like they're they're in the center of the NFL universe for the next five and a half weeks. And it, I say it's going to be fun. Knock on some wood here. Any like level of surprise that they went all in after the combine? Like, did, did you get a sense that this could be coming? Quickly, I know you and I have talked about it a little bit, like yeah. via text and over the phone. But like when leaving the combine, uh, you know, like C.J. Stroud caused a, a stir, Anthony Richardson caused a stir. Like, could you see? Like, could you envision this at that point? So I knew they were very interested in moving up. I kind of came out of there thinking that it would be so much draft capital to get to one that they would maybe go to, to Arizona, swap with Arizona at three. And I, and they did have those talks too. And that just seemed to me, you know, if, if you liked a few of these guys, then the, obviously that would, would be a pretty good scenario where maybe you held on to DJ Moore. But um, yeah, and in, in, toward the end of that week, when, when, when you and I talk, uh, Adam, I, I, it, I was starting to get the sense that like, well, hey, they might be. I remember doing a mock draft, and I had them trading to three, and this pretty probably unrealistic, but had them getting Stroud at three. And someone in the organization texted me and said, "Like you should have just had go had us go all the way up to one, and you you might have been uh, prescient." And so I was like, "Okay, this sounds." <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, it. David, it was kind of like the perfect marriage or perfect storm of 
a desperate owner who's tried for tried like hell for five years to fix quarterback. You know, you remember they they thought they had a, a trade done for for Stafford before the Rams swept in. They thought um, they they were in the running for Deshaun Watson last year. So you had the desperate owner wanting a quarterback, and then you just hired you know a quarterback coach in Frank Reich, and couple other guys with quarterback backgrounds and Jim Caldwell and, and Josh McCown. But you, I just don't think they were ever going to like saddle, you know, like, like Ron Rivera got to start his tenure here with Cam Newton. I just don't think they were going to give Frank Reich. They, they would prefer not to have started the Frank Reich era with a retread. And so here we are. Deontay Foreman. What are the Bears getting there? Because they're they're basically you know just sort of swapping David Montgomery out for Deontay Foreman, and the fans are actually kind of excited about it. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out. I, I know the numbers were pretty damn good last year, but I mean, how good is he? He's a tough, rugged dude. Like you know, the Panthers after they fired Matt Rule, they go to Wilkes, and Wilkes kind of looked at the quarterbacks and said, "Yeah, we're going to hang our hat on a downhill physical run game." And Deontay Foreman, like, that was right in his wheelhouse. And he was a tough guy. He ran hard. He, he doesn't make a lot of people miss, but but he'll run through some tackles. And uh, he had a shot. I forget what the numbers were. Maybe like I might have needed like 160 yards, 140 yards in week 18. It was within reason to get to 1,000. And then he got in a fight with uh, with Davenport, with <laughs> the Saints. <laughs> Uh, and lost his bid at a thousand yards, but um, I, I think the Panthers. Would, well, I know the Panthers were interested in bringing him back at a pretty low ball number, and and really that that the the they would have had more interest, but they wanted a running back like they got in Miles Sanders, who would be a little more helpful catching passes out of the backfield for a rookie quarterback, and that's not Foreman's strength, and uh, but but. You know, he's, he's, he, for the, you know, I, I don't, he's had injuries in the past. He stayed healthy for the most part last year that, you know, for a guy that hasn't had a ton of reps in this league, just his physical, the way he runs makes it that he has some wear and tear on his, on his, on his body. But uh, yeah, I liked him. I liked dealing with him. He was refreshingly candid and, and a, a good, you know, hard runner. He strikes me as a player who has something to prove, maybe given like his, his injury history, like two serious injuries. Uh, I know he had some success kind of right off the bat, right? And then he had some success in, in the uh, not Indianapolis, Tennessee. But like when asked about it here over a Zoom call, like he wants to be the guy. Like with all due respect to Khalil Herbert, like I'm here to be the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he gave off that vibe last year when he replaced Christian McCaffrey or after McCaffrey was traded. But I'm just curious for, for your thoughts on that, that mindset that you might have. I remember kind of not knowing a lot about him that I, I hadn't watched a lot of Texas football and I believe this is right. God, terrible. What you forget so quickly, but I think he was a 2000 yard rusher at Texas. He had a 2000 yard rushing season, I believe, which is pretty impressive. Like that's, you know, playing in the Big 12 or whatever, that that's a, a big number. And uh, th- then, as you said, Adam, then he kind of gets hurt. 
dealing with with some stuff early on gets you know kind of back and forth with the titans and by the beginning of got his his moment in 2021 when derrick henry got hurt and that was a big turning point for him i did a story and he's told this story a lot but i i did one last fall where there after one of the cuts i think it was falcons camp one summer and he was like, all right, I'm done. He and his dad had started a trucking business. And he's like, I, I think I think I'm done. And but he had made a pro his dad had since died tragically in a trucking accident. Uh, and he had told his dad that as long as he had a shot, he would keep trying to do this. And that was right around a couple of weeks later, the the Titans called. And and here he is. I mean, it's a really cool underdog uh you know comeback type story and uh yeah i hope he does well i mean pj walker's kind of the same guy i mean he even even more so coming out of temple undrafted was a frank reich backup actually uh or or a colts backup for frank reich in indy and then you know was in the xfl not that long ago and uh did did pretty well in in charlotte i think was four and three as a starter which was better than pretty much any anyone else they rolled out there the last three years. So, uh, and by the way, yes, uh, 2,028 yards uh, his last year at Texas, Deontay Foreman, 2016, 15 touchdowns. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big college season, without a doubt. Uh, P.J. Walker, how do you think he, he fits as a backup to Justin Fields? Well, I mean, he's a guy everyone in the locker room really likes. He's not a big personality, but he's not a wall wallflower either. He, he just a good dude. Um, he was a Matt rule guy here at, at, you know, played for him at temple. And some of those guys got tainted a little bit. Uh, Cause rule brought in a lot of temple and Baylor guys, but PJ was not one of them. Like he, he got guys liked him across the locker room. And, um, you know, he's, he's a small dude. He, he has playmaking ability. I mean, if, if you guys haven't watched the play yet uh, that involved, I'm sure you have, because it yeah. involved both PJ and DJ, uh, the, the play, the, the Hail Mary at Atlanta was, I mean, that should have been one of the NFL's signature moments last year. And it, uh, you know, unfortunately it kind of very quickly unraveled for, for the Panthers, but um, his one drawback, PJ, and he just couldn't ever quite seem to shake it, is he's, when he would leave the pocket, he had this real you know, bad tendency to throw back against his body. And it, it resulted in a lot of interceptions and a lot of balls that should have been intercepted. But you know, if he can kind of – if the Bears can kind of teach that out of him, and it's just him wanting to be a playmaker. I mean, I'm sure it's how he played at Temple and how he played at North Jersey and, uh, you know, kind of having to make plays uh, off schedule. But that was one – that was the, kind of the big knock on him here. And it never quite got that out of his system. Joel, last one for you. What's like the uh, the mood in, in Carolina, in Charlotte, about, well, well this trade, the – the buzz about the quarterback, like who does everybody want? We've been there. We, we've seen the Bears trade up from three to two to take a quarterback. We've been through this. If you ever need 
help. <laughs> <laughs> you rambling off all those quarterbacks for Carolina in the DJ Moore era. I mean, I, I could go on for for days since the all the ones that we've covered here. But what's the mood like in in, in Carolina about everything? It's got to be a bit different than here in Chicago. They're fired up. The fans are fired up. I, I I go back to after the Panthers hired Frank Reich and Tepper had told him, look, go fill your staff for, with, with the guys you want. And you know, if it's big name guys, we'll pay. And he did. And from Caldwell, Jim Caldwell and McCown, who, who I mentioned, but then, you know, it got two of the hot coordinator guys who both interviewed for head coaching uh, jobs this year and Thomas Brown on the offensive side, Jero Averro on the defensive side. I have never, I say all that, I've never seen a fan base so fired up about assistant coaching hires. And I think it, I mean, it was, it was nuts. I mean, they weren't exactly like buying athletic subscriptions to read about it, but they were, <laughs> they were all over Twitter. Just, this is a staff of aces and all this. And uh, it's just continued. I mean, the the trade with uh, with with the Bears, and then you know they've had a pretty productive free agency period. They you know they got they're getting name guys. You know, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, Andy Dalton. I mean, these aren't you know, with all due respect, these aren't like the PJ Walkers and Deontay Foremans that they were signing last year. These guys would have a few more stats on the back of that football card. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the thing that now the next thing that they're going to have to deal with the, the Panthers is a pretty high expectation. <laughs> they're going to draft a quarterback at one, and the fans, I think, are going to be thinking Super Bowl next year. Uh, you guys know that's not how it works. Work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a fun. I think it's a fun time to be a Panthers fan, and as I said, it's it's an exciting time to be to be on the beat. A lot going on. What was the reaction mixed at all about losing DJ Moore? It, it seemed like the consensus nationally was that the Bears came out okay. But what was locally? What was the the feeling in Carolina? Everyone just excited about getting the number one pick. No, there was a mixed piece of that where they felt, you know, they had hoped they could hold on to him. And his name hadn't been mentioned. Um, kind of DJ's name came up at the trade deadline uh, some, but mostly it's been here, you know, offers for Brian Burns. And so I think that did, I think it was sort of a, a, a jolt for, for a lot of Panthers fans that like, wait a minute, got, got the pick, but had to give up DJ Moore. So um, yeah, it, it, I, I think that's faded some, you know, I don't, I, I feel like the, the Panthers still have another move or two to make at receiver. I don't, I don't think you can replace DJ Moore with Thielen, 33 year old Adam Thielen, but that's, that's a different discussion. But, um, yeah, I mean, DJ was a popular player here, um, because j just again, because of the way he played, he, he, you know, he he would take some big hits. He he not a guy that was like asking out of the game. He's not a guy that would go up with alligator arms. I mean, he he was a tough dude. Is a tough dude, and made a lot of plays here. Is is he a true number one? Where, where would you rank him? Maybe amongst the best at his position. Yeah, that's the the debate. I mean, he was here because he had to be, but I think on a team, you know, like on the Rams, he he's a. a 
wide receiver two and probably a, a, a good number of teams. You know, I think he is – I think he's in that the top of maybe that second tier of receivers. Um, but, you know, maybe it's because he was having to deal with the change of quarterback every year. But that's probably where I – you know, he's certainly – this is a tough comparison. I mean, he's certainly not like a Justin Jefferson type. I just I, – I feel like he's a really good receiver, maybe not yet a great one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Joe, appreciate your time uh, today at Joseph Person on Twitter. Everybody should be reading the Panther side of all this stuff, and they have the number one pick, so make sure you're following along on The Athletic. Thanks so much, Joe. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good week. Thanks, Joe. There he is, Joe Person. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash adam and use promo code adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash adam and use code adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. That's actually a good way to end that conversation with him because, and I mentioned this in that interview too, I don't know that... Look, I like DJ Moore a lot, and I think he's a perfect fit for the Bears, and I think he puts... I think he can be a number one, you know, quote-unquote number one for the Bears and puts Darnell Mooney in a much better situation and Chase Claypool in a much better situation. It's a great fit, especially considering the options that were available for the Bears this year. It's pretty much probably the best option you could have found. Um, I don't know that I'd call him a blue-chip wide receiver, though. I don't know that I put him in that top of the top category. I guess we'll see how he grades out, you know, this year as he plays for the Bears. But like, I, I just I think he's a long term starter. I think he's a really good player, and I just hope that there's not like a little bit of overrating going on there. He's like one of those players, though. Like, like th- there's upgrading your roster, right? He he upgraded the Bears roster, right? Just like Nate Davis did. Like you're replacing somebody, Nate Davis is an upgrade. At right guard, but then how do those players compare to the best at the position in the league? Like, what's the true upgrade, right? So, hold on, give me give me one sec because I, I think this yep. is where maybe the conversation is the most valid for any position, like w- with the Bears, right? Like, th- this is th- they got themselves a good receiver, a really good receiver, a blue chipper, according to, to Ryan Poles. So, who would you rank ahead of them in terms of receiver? Can I give you some names? Yes. Justin, Justin Jefferson, obviously, is yep. one. Tyree Tyre Kill. Yep. Devontae Adams. Yep. AJ a. Brown. Yep. Stephon Diggs. That's five, right? 
Tell me where you would start to insert yeah. DJ Moore. CD Lamb? Um, I think Jaylen I'd rather Waddle. have DJ Moore. Jalen Waddle. Uh, Devontae Smith. I think Terry I put McLaurin. DJ Moore over the, all those guys. Yeah, I think he's more established. St. Brown. The, the one Cooper. guy... The one guy I didn't hear you say is Jamar Chase. I would put Jamar Chase above DJ Moore, too. Yes. I'm oh, sorry. I was going by uh, last year's receiving yards. And Jamar okay. Chase obviously missed some time. Yeah, yeah. So he would be top five. So you're talking maybe top 10-ish, 12-ish receiver? Yeah. Like in, in the same conversation as uh, Amari as Cooper, a Terry McLaurin, Devontae Smith, right? I, I put him in the conversation with those guys. And I think that's, that's a heck of an upgrade for the Bears. I agree. Um, yeah, I think like he probably he's, is back. Okay, it's not Jamar 10. Chase. Maybe he can't be with Justin Fields. Maybe he can with the quarterback who put it fifty yards down the field on the money. Well, and it's the Stephon Diggs comparison that we brought up like right away when the trade happened. I know Robert Mays did too. It's a great comparison because of the timing of where they are both at in their careers after getting a contract extension and then getting moved on to a, a new team with a young quarterback. And there's some arguments to be made that DJ Moore is actually ahead of where Stephon Diggs was at that point when he got traded to Buffalo. And I think that's what's the exciting thing because Diggs got better. Diggs, Diggs became a, it was a, it, it, that's a rare trade where it really worked out for both sides. Here's one thing I think we're ignoring about this conversation. Yes, the receiver helps the quarterback, but the quarterback helps elevate the game of the receiver too. Yeah. Josh Allen helps Stephon Diggs more than my guy, Kirk Cousins. Sorry, Kirk. Jalen Hurts. Like, A.J. Brown didn't become a number one wide receiver. <clears throat> excuse me. Number one wide receiver until this year. Because he played with Jalen Hurts and on a better team. Yeah. Before that, he was top 10-ish, top 12-ish with the Titans, right? Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. I... I uh, I I think what you you brought up Nate Davis too. I think that's where and DJ Moore's on a different level than Nate Davis. But both both players have an opportunity to have a similar effect. It's that multiplier word where you bring in one guy and it makes three positions better. That's how I view the O line right now. Because I think I think bringing Nate Davis in makes you stronger at both guard positions. Because let's say Tevin Jenkins moves over to the left side, he's going to be better than Cody Whitehair was there. But Cody Whitehair going to center is going to be better than Sam Mustafer being there. So now you've made all three positions better just by adding one guy. And I think it's the same thing at wide receiver. Darnell Mooney doesn't have to be the number one option anymore. He can be in a more comfortable spot at number two. Chase Claypool takes the pressure off for him. Maybe it limits the amount of stuff that he needs to be zeroed in on a weekly basis in the playbook, in the game plan, which seemed to be a little bit of an issue last year in his, you know, adapting to Chicago. I think it just makes all three spots better just by adding one guy. And I think that that's what's sort of brilliant about what Ryan Poles was able to do there with both of those additions. I just think it's nice to have this conversation about a Bears receiver again. (laughs) We haven't had it since Alshon Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And his franchise tag before that, when Brandon Marshall was acquired, last bear, uh, last big time Bears wide receiver they brought in from Carolina, Musi Muhammad. Yeah, wasn't he the one that said that's where wide receivers go to die? Yeah. <laughs> 
So let's hope for a better outcome. A there. lot has changed. He was like 33 years old at that point. Yeah, though, wasn't it's he? very different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I get there. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. I don't know. I think that's it. Could they uh, sign anybody else from Carolina during this podcast? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Nope. I, I saw some DeAndre Hopkins uh, trade smoke out there. Not that that involves the Bears. I enjoyed having Joe Person on. That was good. Good stuff. Joe's fun. He's a good storyteller, even though his uh, airplane story got hijacked by the internet there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's nice. Hijacked. Jeez. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. Whoops. (laughs) Oh, man. But he he, he was. Poor choice of words there. Let's just leave this in the show, Kent. Like, we were laughing. Like, I'm like, oh, perfect picture. (laughs) Because he was. Yeah, he's just if you're watching his... on YouTube, he was yeah. Gotta have fun, guys. It's football. Excuse my French half the fucking Lily. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, we'll be back on Thursday, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's been a quiet few days for the Bears after a crazy week last week. Uh, we'll be back Thursday, and then uh, we're headed to the owners' meetings next week. So, yeah. some fun things coming from Arizona. We'll be ready for that. And uh, please rate and review the podcast. Appreciate everybody does that. As I always say, please uh, tell a friend. Please text text a link. Whether it's the podcast or the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Subscribe. Uh, we appreciate all the support, as always. And the merch is up at ObviousShirts.com. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you to Joe Person for jumping on with us with the Carolina Perspective. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later on in the week. Yeah. Excuse my first half of f***ing Lulee.